Welcome to Spend, Donate, Invest, a podcast at the intersection of social justice and personal finance. Let's talk about how we can spend, donate, and invest more in line with our values. Today's letter is about socially responsible investing. Here's a letter. I'd like to invest more in line with my values. How can I do this? So this is a very popular topic right now, especially as more and more everyday people start to invest. So previously, I mostly remember this concept of socially responsible investing coming up in the context of divesting from South Africa during the apartheid. (laughs) That was a long time ago. But nowadays, as investing becomes really the primary way that most of us Americans are trying to create a safety net for our old age, investing has become necessary for basic financial literacy. But I really want to set expectations up top. It is difficult to find publicly traded corporations that are not harmful to our society. So probably the easiest way to dip your toe into socially responsible investing is to remove companies from your portfolio that are the most egregious. For example, Maybe for you, where you draw the line is fossil fuel companies. You might take all of those out from your portfolio. That's one way to do it. So I would call that screening out, removing the companies that are the most egregiously against your values. Another way you can do it is to actively look for investments that do line up with your values. So now we're talking about adding in certain types of companies If you've never really sat down to identify what your values are when it comes to the types of companies that you want to include or avoid, there's a one-page worksheet you can use for this process. Feel free to email and you'll get a copy of that. Just check out the show notes for the email address. But if you already have gone through this exercise and you're very clear on your values and specifically the types of companies you want to include and avoid in your investment portfolio... Um, then it's time to start thinking about where you're going to find these companies to invest in. If you're busy and you don't mind a completely untailored approach, you could consider investing in funds that have already been put together. For example, there are index funds and ETFs that you can look at. And we'll talk more about this in some future episodes. But I think it's important that we talk about the elephant in the room. Maybe you've heard of something called an ESG rating. So ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Rating. And it's a rating that each company, well, most companies have been given in ESG ratings, especially the big ones by this point. You can look up each company's ESG score on Yahoo Finance, for example, or some other websites. I'll leave the links for you in the show notes. And I think that there's actually a lot of confusion about what ESG ratings really are. I've heard even some financial advisors talk about them almost as though it's like an ethics rating for the company. It's not that. So an ESG risk rating, that's really what they are. It's a risk rating. And the way that each company's risk profile has been evaluated is according to those three categories. Within environmental, it's an evaluation of how much environmental risk that company takes. So for example, if 
the corporation doesn't have generally speaking sound environmental practices they're going to be more likely to cause an oil spill or another environmental crisis and therefore they will get a higher risk rating for the environmental aspect of how they run their company the s and esg stands for social this is more about the labor practices of the company for example do they provide decent working conditions for their workers And then governance tends to be about things like transparency, how the board is run, those sorts of things. The philosophy with the ESG risk rating is that companies that are making good choices in terms of the environment, social and governance issues actually are financially less risky. Okay, so that's really what an ESG risk rating is. And just to give you a little bit of an idea of what the ratings can can look like. Let's go through some specific examples. You could think about Microsoft, for example. So Microsoft has an ESG rating of 15, and that is because they score great on the environment, average on human capital development, and then average or good on corporate governance. Uh, They also score good on privacy and data security. So all of that wraps up into an ESG risk rating of about 15. You could compare that to Amazon. So Amazon is 27. That's a higher ESG risk rating. And that 27 comes from a combination of things. They have an average carbon footprint. They have bad labor management and corporate behavior. And then they have good corporate governance and privacy and data security. You could compare that with Tesla. Tesla has an ESG risk rating of 31, and that comes from a negative environmental impact of their batteries, bad working conditions for employees, and we all know Elon Musk is erratic. So all of these things are rolling up into an ESG risk rating of 31 for Tesla. And then finally, just to put another example in there, Fox Media. (laughs) So Fox Media has a 41 ESG risk rating, and that comes from a a lot of things. So it's bad carbon emissions, uh, average labor management, bad corporate behavior, and good corporate governance. So by now, you're probably starting to see the limitations of ESG ratings. It's asking some dude on Wall Street to pick a bunch of socially responsible stocks. It's like walking up to a stranger and asking them to make you something delicious. There's no guarantee you're even going to be on the same page about what constitutes a socially responsible company. Microsoft has a great score. Amazon has a pretty good score. But I think we're all aware of some of their terrible labor practices. For example, strategically classifying thousands of employees as temps or freelance workers to avoid providing them with health insurance or other benefits. So when you come across these funds of socially responsible investments that have been put together using these ESG scores, take it with a grain of salt. It's the best option we have for now, but but be aware of some of the limitations. So as I was looking at some of the bundles of socially responsible mutual funds and ETFs that are available, I saw a lot of companies that do not have good track records in terms of how they have treated their consumers or or the communities around them. 
working class people, immigrants, women, black people, other oppressed groups. However, there are some bundles that you might be interested in. I'm not a financial advisor, so so this is not the place to come for legally binding financial advice. If you are looking for specific stock recommendations, definitely find someone that's certified in your state. But one of the examples I found is Fidelity's index fund, and the, the ticker is FITLX. It includes companies with higher ESG scores relative to their peers, and their return was 19% last year. So pretty good. And in fact, that's the argument with these ESG ratings is that the companies that have good ESG risk ratings tend to be more profitable anyway. And I think that's part of what's making these ESG funds so popular is there's this sense of we can pick companies that are more socially responsible. And guess what? It's a win-win because they tend to be more profitable. You know, my skepticism just tends to be about, are they really more ethical companies? It's I'm not quite there yet. So be aware. There is another criticism of ESG funds, and that is that the fees tend to be a little bit higher. And that makes sense. You know, the more managed a portfolio is, the higher the fees are going to be. So that's something to keep in mind as well. So obviously, the most tailored approach is to read the annual reports of the companies you're interested in to find out how they operate. It's still not a perfect method because businesses lie (laughs) or their harms may be created indirectly through outsourcing partners, etc. But this is still a step above relying on the ESG ratings or investing in funds that someone else put together based on their sense of what socially responsible means. You know, a few letters came in on this topic, so we'll talk more about it this season. And I know it's a lot to take in. But don't get overwhelmed with trying to be perfect and then getting paralyzed into not taking any action at all. As a starting step, add some of these socially responsible mutual funds or ETFs to your portfolio while you take your time and start researching individual companies you are able to do a deep dive on. And if you do your investing through your 401k at your job and you don't see a socially responsible option, definitely contact human resources and let them know this is something you want. This is definitely the sort of employee benefit I'm sure they'd love to be able to brag about as they're recruiting new hires. And stay tuned, a letter came in about specifically that, how to get your company to upgrade its 401k to be more socially responsible. So lots of links in the show notes today. So what do you think? Have you found other ways to tackle this quandary? Or do you have a different question? If you ever have a question about how you spend, donate, or invest, or anything else related to doing good with your money, send it in and I'll do the research, ask experts, and share what I find out. Check out the show notes for the email address to send in your questions. If you think there should be more conversations like this, please write a review for this podcast on iTunes. This is the biggest support you can provide this podcast. If you're too busy, please just leave a rating. And of course, please share this episode with anyone who you think might find it interesting. Thank you.